0: We're jumping around in the studio, not really. (laughs) <laughs> but this song is fire it'll never go away I still remember the first time I heard this song I'm at least popping my head though yeah man this, uh, this song doesn't get old to me I'm sorry this is one of the nastiest beats ever I know it gets overplayed
1: but this beat is fire I know you do not want to give the Tar Heels credit ever but I know you had to love their dancing no. from Danny Green Don't to this like song it. no, but it's it the song it's your song goofy, so I really hate it I'm just telling you it's your song no, though no, and no, North Carolina no. stole it <laughs> they started jumping around to What's it. Wisconsin was doing it first, right? Oh, were they fitted? We got to go to Wisconsin the Wisconsin football fan was here. doing that as well. Did the heels basketball squad steal that from Wisconsin, or did Danny Green come up with it? Uh,
2: I, I I do think Wisconsin football was doing it, but I don't think like like this is synonymous with Carolina basketball. Like they played in Keenan Stadium. No one gives a damn because all Mac Brown's going to do is bitch or complain about something anyway. All right.
1: Mac Brown catching strays. So okay.
2: um, I think it's one of those like Sweet Caroline where multiple schools kind of claim who do, you know, it's a tradition here. It's a tradition in Madison, Wisconsin. And now it's a tradition in the studio.
0: No doubt. So listen, hit us up. <laughs> Garage Door Guru text line 704 570 9610. Hit us up on Twitter, Wes and Walker. And we're going to talk about the XFL. It debuted this past weekend, and as for you guys out there that are like me, I watched bits and pieces of all four games. That's more than me. I looked at rosters to see guys that I used to know, wondered what happened to, so watched a little bit of games to see. Oh, I remember him. I remember that guy, <laughs> like I did with Austin Pro, you know, A.J. McCarron. There were some guys I, I saw, De'Aaron King. I got really happy when I saw De'Aaron King. I was like, man, I didn't know that he was here as well, but – Some of the things that you saw, they had some interesting little uh, additions or differences than the NFL game. And the first one that I noticed was the kickoff that I thought, you know, when you talk about player safety. Now, now in the NFL, most kickers kick the ball through the end zone. So you don't get many kick returns as it is. But this one was interesting is that the guys line up probably about five yards apart from each other. The kicker is the only one deep in the return man and guys cannot move until the return man catches the ball and starts running. I thought that that was very innovative. I think that would be something that would be very good for player safety as well. But let's get to a couple of rule changes or not rule changes, but a couple of innovations that they had. And then we'll talk about it. So after a team scores, they can elect to go for a three point conversion. That was another popular popular one. Finney and I talked about that. The ball will be placed at the 10-yard line. If they can get into the end zone with either rushing or pass play, they will be awarded three points. And then they had tears. Uh, I can't remember what the yardage was, but they had a three, a two, and a one uh, after an incomplete pass or a play that ends out of bounds. The clock continues to run. It does not stop, which I think they want to do that to give their product a little bit of a difference so that they can get games done quicker so people will be more inclined to watch with the fast pace. Then, uh, let's see, the clock does not stop after the first down plays as well as after the two-minute warning. Halftime is only 10 minutes. Play clock is 35 seconds, yada, yada, yada. A double forward pass is allowed, but only if the first completion occurs before the original line of scrimmage. Then, instead of an onside kick, because I wondered because of the kickoff how they would handle onsides, which I think is really cool. The USFL does this, if I'm not mistaken, too. Uh, but if you can get a fourth and fifteen from your own twenty-five, then you get uh, the ball back, and then their overtime rules. Each time gets each team gets the ball. Five yard line, and then they get three attempts to score or until one score. So, what do we think about some of these innovations that they had? Uh, I know you didn't watch this, so I guess, just off hearing me talk
1: about Well, it. look, here, about some of I can talk about the kick return. Okay. And I think the thing about the kick return
0: is wait, that, first of all, before we get started, okay. why do you not like watching alternate football
1: leagues? Oh, I just don't. It's just not as entertaining to me. Okay. I just don't. I just rather watch the NFL. I just okay. don't get up at all so you're for snooty. the XFL. I mean, I guess, but I think I'm snooty <laughs> with the rest Are of it. Are we
0: surprised with this Fiddy? But Fiddy doesn't watch it either, I was so. about to say, Fiddy doesn't
1: watch XFL. Well, yeah.
2: mainly, with this one, like, how many times has this thing come back and failed? And I I'm so out, out on The I think third incarnation. Like, like, like if, if The Rock wasn't involved and went out there being just a gigantic chotch, You can maybe sell me on watching it once we get through the college basketball season, but I'm not missing a top 10 matchup on
1: the hardwood to watch a bunch of scrubs who couldn't make it in the NFL. Okay. So yeah, go ahead and just go off. I'm not going to disrespect like that, but when the XFL came back Mm -hmm. and they had just this latest iteration of it and they had an awesome ratings for their first ever game, you know, it was because it was something new and then it started to trend down. And here we are where there's just not a lot of people watching it. Now, I guess I don't have the, the newest numbers on this, but I can't imagine a lot of people are watching this. And so I am with the masses in that. It doesn't mean that there aren't some rules that could be adopted by the NFL. And I just go to the kick return rules that you have, right, where you're starting way in front of the kicker. So I don't know what the separation is, but it's like what 10 or 20 yards of separation between the receiving team and the actual kicking team or 10 yards, something like that. And they can't get a head start. They are only allowed to pursue the ball carrier. As soon as the ball carrier, the return man catches the football. That's what you talked about. The NFL has already been trending towards the direction of not necessarily abolishing The kick or the kickoff and the kick return, but they've done a lot to mitigate its impact. Mm -hmm. And now if you go back, I just, I just clicked on the amount of touchdowns scored on a kick return last year. You're talking about one from green Bay, one from Baltimore, one from Minnesota, one from Atlanta, and then Naheem Hines had one with the Colts and Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about six different times that somebody returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Think about how many kickoffs there were in the NFL last year. There was a lot. And if you just look at the overall attempts, I mean, the most attempts that you had was 35 from Green Bay and Minnesota. And so that means you're not even reaching a point where you're having two returns per game. It's already mitigated quite a bit. It seems like the XFL is trying to do its very best as to mitigate its chances of having kickoff returns for touchdowns as much as possible without abolishing it outright. And Mm so I think if the NFL truly wanted to adopt a rule, I think that's one I look at first and foremost, because the NFL had already been kind of trending towards that direction in the first place.
0: Yeah. And when you look at the ratings that they had the first week, they said ABC and ESPN combined to average 2.9 million viewers uh, as both networks kicked off coverage of the XFL. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm just engulfed in these games but at the end of the day I'm a football junkie, I always have been since I was 8 years old so I'm going to be intrigued, I'm going to watch just a little bit to see what's going on the main issue to me with these leagues is the quarterback play, skill guy play is fine, defensive play is fine it's just the quarterbacks, you know any quarterback worth their salt in in this time, they are going to be in the NFL now they did show, uh, I think notable XFL guys who went up, they had Taylor Heineke, PJ Walker, and there was one more quarterback uh, that they had as well. That was an XFL alumni, but you just don't get the quarterback play. And that's the thing that kind of kills it. Now for me, in my experience, when, because I remember the first go round with XFL, I really enjoyed the games later in the season. And when they got to the playoffs, when the teams developed some chemistry, the quarterbacks had some chemistry with their receivers and the games got pretty good as teams started to score more. Because I think that's a big thing, too. The The quarterback play isn't great. The XFL games were a little bit low scoring. And I think that if they had games to where, you know, they were in the 30s and the 40s and things of that nature, I think it would draw more eyes because people are always going to uh, enjoy offense. But as far as some of the innovations, I did see the players get $1,000 bonuses for wins as well. I watched the 54th Man 50, to your point, with The Rock before. I caught about 30 minutes of that with them giving backstories to guys and The Rock talking about growing up in Hawaii and him going around Hawaii and things of that nature. His speech was pretty corny before the first game. It was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know I'm saying. But, I mean, if you look at the investment, it'll be interesting to see. They bought it for $15 million. So, I mean, they, they, they got that thing for next to nothing. But I think that uh, the replay system fitting you found pretty interesting as well. Did you want to speak on that, what you liked about that?
2: I mean, I think it's just it's very clear and it's concise and it's to the point. It's faster. Like, it, it's, it's they're not going to sit there and take three to five minutes. And, br- and
0: break down what
2: they do. Tell them what they do. That's a great question. I don't know. You told me what they did. Well, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> what. I watched a Dean Blandino. He said cut. they get basically a time limit. Yeah, they on have the like replay. sixty. They have sixty seconds to, to 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 make a decision on the call.
0: Yeah, and you see articles where people are talking about how. You know, they provide full transparency and how they've got the NFL beat as far as uh, the replay system and how much better it is.
1: Uh, let's go to a couple of texts. 704-570-9610. 704 number said, I thought it was decent to watch. I truly feel it will only succeed if they treat it heavily like a developmental league for the NFL. Do you feel like it has to adopt that role to have players to where, okay, you're somewhat televising minor league football? Right. And then so if you can see an A.J. McCarron parlay this into another NFL job, is that something that you'd be more interested in? Because football is something that is a culture. Not only is it a sport that people love to watch, but people live and breathe this thing. And even you who admitted to being a football junkie, the NFL is my favorite sport to watch in all of sports as well. So with you talking about you being a football junkie and you're just tuning in here and there. Right. It's a pretty uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Somebody that played the game, somebody that loves it in all aspects, and all you're doing is just tuning in here and there. Yeah. Do you think that they could adopt a, de- a developmental role in order to bring more eyeballs and then sustain all of those eyeballs?
0: Um, they could. And part of the reason I was in and out, because there was so much on this weekend. I had both TVs in the front room. It was too much. I mean, you had... You're talking about like sports in general. Yeah, or? yeah. Daytona. You had the the... the NBA All-Star stuff going on. Then you had XFL game. I mean, it was just a lot of stuff on. So they were competing with a lot this weekend as well. Other than that, I probably would have kept one game, one TV on those games just to see uh, what was going on. But I think when you talk about the developmental aspect, it does give it stories. You are able to follow guys. And I guess would the NFL have to expand their rosters if they did that? Or would they... Because I remembered back in the day, me aging myself out on you guys, the World League. I know my you know, OGs out there remember the World League when they used to play in Barcelona and Frankfurt and all these places. And guys, NFL have- Europe? Is that <laughs> what you're talking about? Yes, but they used to call it the World League before that. So the guys, that ha- yes. <laughs> the guys would have the logos on their helmets of the teams that they were representing. And so I guess you could designate three to four or five guys to go down. But to me, I mean, you still don't know who a lot of those guys are necessarily. Isn't it going to be the same crop of players? And there are going to be guys that are going to get some call-ups for training camp from these leagues. We know that. So I don't really know what the difference is.
1: Well, that, that's the problem too, right? It's the fact that you already have such an extension with – Practice squads already in the NFL. So you have your 53-man active. You have all of your training camp invitations. And then you have the practice squad that goes on as the NFL is going on. And so that's why when you have a name that comes from the XFL, you remember it, despite it being P.J. Walker, who as much as he had a crazy They should go back to the nicknames. With some of the, the jerseys. well, he hate me is the most classic. Right. He hate <laughs> me. We love you. One of the best calls of all time. <laughs> Big shouts to Bill Rosinski. But yes, he hate me. And and then you remember Tommy Maddox is someone that somebody mentioned mm-hmm. on the text line. PJ Walker, you mentioned some of those other quarterbacks. And so, yeah, like it's it's really hard to make it from the XFL yeah. because kind of what you've already done is – I don't want to say failed out of the NFL, but certainly didn't hit your first go around because you do have all of these other ways to make a roster, whether it be 53 man or 63 man or being a training camp invite. Like, Football has a lot of different players you can go to with a lot of different positions, and you're talking about at the very bottom of these guys playing real-time football
0: I think what helps them, though, is that they are playing earlier so then they can have time to recover and be ready for those training camps, as opposed to, I think, USFL starts in like a month. Anyway, when we come back, we will talk more about... And get more in-depth with this Carolina linebacker depth chart. What free agents are out there that they could go after? Might they go after some guys in their own division that could help this team? You are immersed in the western Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
2: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about kisimta and check out the details at kisimta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
0: Here we go, folks. We're back. The Weston Walker Show Sports Radio, 927 WFNZ Garage Door Guru, text line 7045709610. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit that follow button, Wes and Walker. Now, let's get back to the linebacker conversation for the Carolina Panthers. And we started out comparing and contrasting the benefits of Shaq Thompson during his tenure here in Charlotte. But there was another linebacker this season that had a big-time season. And we're talking about Frankie Louvu and a guy that the Panthers are going to have to think about paying 111 tackles, seven sacks uh, on the season. He had a big-time year for the Panthers. He played in 80% of the snaps, and this is a guy that I would pretty much bet on to hold out. He's got one year left on his deal. He would be foolish. I know the Panthers front office don't come for me, but this is a guy that definitely would uh, behoove himself to hold out and get that money, and so when you look at guys and you look at kind of what the going rate is on those positions, not to mention he had 19, I mean he had a he had a huge season he had 19 tackles for loss, so to me that means a lot of Skrilla, and I don't think if I were him I would get out there and play on that money, and so when I did a little bit of research to look at guys who are kind of in his position, and the going rate so, you look at a guy like from Philadelphia, Kazir White, who's an outside linebacker, 26 years old. He had 110 tackles, only two sacks, though. They said the market value for him, according to Spot Track, is 8.5 million. Uh, then another back, Nicholas Morrow, 27 years old, 116 tackles, 3.8 million was his market value. And then Landon Roberts, who had 100 tackles, he's a 28 year old. And I say that because Frankie Luvu is in that age group age group 26 27 years old he had 100 tackles five sacks they had his market value at 2.4 million now frankie was gonna have to move into this new odd front but like i said with that kind of production that you're talking about 19 tackles for loss, nine quarterback hits walker mail if he holds out for the bag should the panthers give this man the bag
1: It depends on Brian Burns and what your plan is with Derrick Brown. I would value both of those guys more than Frankie Louvu. But yeah, Frankie Louvu has played himself into a bigger contract. This has been a steal with what he was able to do just last season as someone who broke out really in like, what, his fifth, sixth year of play. And you mentioned all those tackles for loss. That's actually more than any defensive lineman had. And it's because he does such a great job of blitzing when Steve Wilkes, Al Holcomb, it doesn't matter if you're talking about putting him in a blitz package, Frankie Louvu gets after the quarterback. Like, what he's able to do going in and getting those tackles for loss is huge. And that's something where his coverage grade isn't great. Like, even when you're talking about linebackers' coverage grade between him and Shaq Thompson, your two best linebackers on the team, I would like a guy that's a little bit better in the passing attack on that front. But Lufu's ability to get after the quarterback that's something that really resonates with what this defense wants to do, right? And so mm-hmm. I remember going to Bank of America Stadium last year when Scott Fitterer was speaking with media, and I expected to hear, okay, Hassan Redick is gone. Who are the guys that are going to step up? I thought I was going to hear something about Itor Gross Matos, but they didn't bring him up. Scott Fitter instead brought up Frankie Louvu, So he (laughs) is a big part of their ability to get after the passer, and I think that's why you're talking about him possibly getting the bag. I don't know if he's going to hold out. I don't know if Carolina is going to really give in to a linebacker's demands especially when you're you've got to give a contract extension to Brian Burns that's that's one of the top priorities this off season. and we know you're going to pay Derek Brown next off season so I don't know if that's going to happen for Luvu, especially if he decides to hold out. I don't know if he would miss a whole season. We just don't see holdouts really work out a ton for positions at that value. Mm-hmm. But if he does, then, you know, it'll be interesting to see who gives in.
0: He was the only player in the league with 100 tackles and at least seven sacks yeah. this season. Monster. So you talk about a role like when you look at Philadelphia's defense, like how Hassan Reddick was coming off the edge for them. Could you see Frankie Louvu doing something like that? What would be a number that you would scoff at? And what would you do then if he does decide to
1: hold out? Do you trade him? No, I mean, I don't know how long. I guess here's my point about that. So many times when players are going to hold out, they don't hold out for very long. Mm -hmm. And then they hold out for, I don't know, a month of training camp, whatever. And then eventually they come in and they play these games. I don't, how many times have we seen players actually miss games? Because then you're talking about real money. Mm-hmm. And so if you're Carolina, as much as I'm pro player, as much as I want to see these guys get paid as much as they possibly can, I would completely understand if LuVu did that. But Wes... Uh, Carolina's going to win in the stare down. If Frankie Louvu does hold out and then you get to the point where you're going to the regular season and you talk about missing actual game checks. I don't know if Louvu actually makes enough on this contract to warrant missing some of those game checks. And so ultimately I think Carolina would just win the stare down. He would come back and then you would go back to the drawing board. He would have to play another really good season in order to get that contract.
0: Okay. So when you look at these guys, so really quick, Brandon Smith, the young guy, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, What do you think about him? Is his potential there? Is he a guy that could potentially be a stud in this linebacking core? And uh, if not, how high in the draft would you invest in a linebacker?
1: Yeah, I I think Brandon Smith is somebody that I like. I, I don't know if he's going to be ready for a starting role. That's why I think free agency, you're probably going to go out and sign another veteran. Corey Littleton is a free agent this year. I don't know if that's somebody that you're looking to bring back, even though I thought he was a, I thought he was actually pretty decent this year. I thought he had a better year than he did the two seasons he played for the Raiders. I just don't know if you're going to bring him back. And at what cost would you bring back Corey Littleton? Is that something that you want to upgrade significantly? Uh, Maybe you could do that in free agency. Um, But I do like Brandon Smith being on this roster as somebody that could potentially, you know, I I hope that Brandon Smith could possibly be what Jalen Carter never amounted to up here. I always liked Jalen Carter, but it felt like we were always holding on for him to reach that next step. And I wonder if Brandon Smith will either be that or if he can actually reach the next step where, OK, now he's somebody that you count on being one of your three linebackers or somebody that you really can count on being a guy that you depend on week in and week out. I, I, I like his ability enough. Didn't play a ton this year. So, you know, certainly has to get more experience. But I like the ability that he brings to an NFL football team.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be a guy that's going to be now or never when you talk about training camp as far as what you want to see from him. Would you and would you invest
1: highly in the draft and a linebacker? I think if you're talking about, you know, you have two second round picks. So if you're talking about the second, second or third, just depending on, you know, where these guys are going, I wouldn't mind investing a little bit higher. I think more so you're talking about edge rusher. Of course, we're talking about quarterback. Cornerback. I value that position quite a bit. And especially with Dante Jackson's injury history, CJ Henderson, not necessarily working out Jermaine Carter. I'm saying Jalen Carter, Jermaine Carter, excuse me. Yes. Thank you for correcting me on the text line. But when we're talking about cornerback, I might value that a little bit more. Um, Yeah. I mean, if there's somebody that is valued to go in the top 60, top 70, that's there with a, you know, high high third-round pick or late second-round pick, then, yeah, I'd be interested in that.
0: Okay, so a couple of guys that you could look at, perhaps. We know the, the Panthers are going to need two stout inside linebackers inside of that eye front. Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo. 102 tackles, six tackles for loss. Dubbed as an absolute freak of an athlete. You talk about the coverage that you were looking for for Zach Thompson. Well, this guy has it. Forcing incompletion on 10% of targets thrown his way. Gave up just four explosive receptions the entire season and only missed 6.5 percent of potential tackles. Now, for a gentleman like that, he was one of my favorite players when he was at Virginia Tech. But this is a guy you have to spend some scrilla, okay? His projected contract four years, 17 and a half million average. Yeah, talking 42 million guaranteed, 70 million total. This is just projections. I mean, is this a little bit too rich for the Panthers' blood? It, or it,
1: it is for me, and, and I've said this before. Why I think it, is it for you? Well, I think it's been a little bit controversial when I said it, but we just talked about during the break a little bit. Whether you agree with spending a lot of money on running back, mm-hmm. I kind of view linebacker to some oh, degree as the position of running back as far as what you're talking about contractually.
0: You have to have a nasty front seven, Walker. You're not going to win. That's two. why I no. invest in the
1: defensive line. I invest. Seven. I, I, seven. Yeah. Seven. That I, means well, you need you can backers, my too. Friends all you want to. <laughs> That's why you
0: need backers, too, my man. No, I got gotcha. you. You can't get cheap linebackers out there and think you're going to have
2: a good front seven. Oh, I think you can. Oh. I I think oh you can talk God. about, especially investing okay. heavily in show your the work. front four. Show, show your work. Show me a good front seven right. with scrub-ass
1: linebackers. <laughs> so if you look at San Francisco— they have Fred Warner, who is uh-huh. an amazing linebacker. Uh-huh. But you also drafted him later on in the NFL draft. And so when you're talking about NFL draft picks, that's why we're talking about how high you would invest. Like, I usually don't want to spend a first-round pick on a linebacker. Okay, but that's a that's bad... That's why i to wait a little bit. Uh,
0: I want to wait a little that's bit. That's a bad example. Because, for one, they paid him, but the 49ers also invested in that position a lot over the years. When you talk about Patrick Willis being a first-round pick, you talk about uh, Navarro Bowman, I think, was a second-round pick. Oh, look at the... Carolina Panthers, some of the best players in this organization's history have been linebackers that they invested highly in. Dan, uh, Dan Morgan was a first-round pick. John Beeson was a first-round pick. You talk about Luke Keekly was a top-ten pick. Thomas Davis was a top-ten pick, and they paid those guys.
1: uh, And and their defenses were nasty because of those linebackers. Or, okay, you could also go to having an all-decade member in Julius Peppers and Chris Jenkins the best defensive tackle in the league at the time. But you take Luke Kuechly out of that
0: middle, that that changes everything. Yes,
1: if you take the best linebacker of the past decade out of the middle, then that is a huge deal. And so, you can talk with Patrick Willis, one Uh of the top two. Ray Lewis was still in there, too. Not the last decade. Ray Lewis hadn't played since, like, 2012. I'm saying Ray Lewis was still in the league same time as Luke Kuechly. Oh, Okay, I'm not wanting to. Ray Lewis played in 2000, right? You ain't we... getting away with cheap backers, Walker.
2: Always doing his deflating because I said, show your work, and he goes to the <laughs> Niners. <laughs> he's looking. And he's talks he's about feverishly what they trying they... to find. Well, West,
1: that is the Wes Bryant move if I've ever seen what? one. Getting called out and then. No, I'm PFF. saying. No, I was saying. I was telling him that you're trying to find it. No, I am trying to. That I... hand kept getting
2: higher, and his opinion kept getting worse.
1: Getting higher in voice pitch. No, sure. you.
2: You as you were talking, like you were like, your hand was getting higher and higher, uh-huh. and your opinion was getting
1: worse and worse because you have nothing. No, I'm talking about with the Carolina Panthers. What I would like to do is invest more in the defensive line. And if you're talking about investing in Derek Brown with interior pass rush being king, in my opinion, alongside the outside with Brian Burns, but you're going to a 34. You well, need backers. So so then do you think that it's worth paying Shaq Thompson, right? Like if you're talking about Shaq Thompson being above average linebacker, how big of a loss is that going to be well, that's what that I, was That's why I was talking run. about trading money, but I'm saying
0: – But you don't want to invest in if Shaq. If you don't – well, but, but that's because Shaq is older. He's I'm 29. Thomas you, Davis was out here doing Pro Bowl stuff at 30, okay, 31, 32. Okay, if you still feel like he's a good fit, but that's the thing, though. Is he a good fit for 34? So, so if who, you feel like he is, pay him. No. But you can't get by with a cheap front seven.
1: If you're talking about Shaq Thompson and right. moving on from him, when
0: 29 really ain't all that Right. Old. But you're saying you want to invest in defensive line, but technically you're not because Derek Brown's going to be the guy you're going to invest in. He's going to be a five technique defensive end in a 34. So you let Derek Brown walk. So you're going, going to saying? be no, no, no. I'm saying that you're going to invest in linebackers because Brian Burns is about to become a linebacker. He's not going to be a defensive lineman in a 34, and then you're going to have to invest in that. At 34, definitely, the kings of, the, of those defenses are the linebackers. You're not going to be able to get away with having budget guys at linebacking at 34
1: and think you're going to be a good front. So if you want to pay top dollar for the best linebackers in the game, cool. But for me, if you're talking about Tremaine Edwards, where would we rank him among the best linebackers in the game?
0: Tremaine Edmonds? He's Edmonds. one of the best young
1: linebackers in the game. So, top five, top ten? With young linebackers, yeah, I would say that. I mean, well, will you asked me to show my work. I mean, you
0: look at the size. I and mean, you're talking.
1: Haven't. Well, let's talk. about I, – I just talked about. Asking you to show work with Tremaine Edmonds. Oh, look at you feverishly searching on the computer. I already gave you. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa! I already gave you data. I gave you data. uh, No, on Tremaine, on top five young linebackers. Who are the other four? Oh, good lord! I didn't do all that. I'm just. I mean, I
0: got to talk. Okay, you want to say Fred Warner's one? Is he young? Yeah, Fred Warner's pretty young. He just got his second deal. Um,
1: I mean, good Lord, I'd have to go look at the thing. That's right. That's how tough it is sometimes when you're talking no, about it. No, I just For need me, to look. You're me right off the top of my head. I just We're going look. defensive line. That's what I would rather go, guys that affect but the passing in game. in 34,
0: you can't okay, do
1: that. I got you. So you want to pay high in linebackers. But you That's what I'm saying. I got you. you. So you're going to pay a bunch of money to
0: space eaters because that's not a 34, man. The linebackers run the 34, man. So,
1: so okay, I understand that. Do you want to move on from Derrick Brown then if you're talking about space eaters and then invest in linebackers? That's my question. Okay, right? yeah, I'll about- be
0: decisive. If I need to do that, yes, I will.
1: I will. So, okay, Derrick Brown's about to go make a lot of money. Because I know he me- he's
2: had like one good year.
1: Yes, 100%. Yeah, uh, I'm mean, talking about a kid. It was like, six, it was like five.
2: a good six games and he just disappeared.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tremaine that was a 6'5, 250, runs four-four-four-five. Those are great combine measurements. Uh, yeah, mean, but his production backs it up.
1: No, okay. We are we are switching now, right? Because we used to be a show that did defend and want to spend on Derrick Brown, but Ajero Averro. No, but is I'm saying, but in a 34, listen, to me, he's I not gotcha. as valuable as a linebacker. Ajero Averro, you are talking about it on man front, mm-hmm. so now you're thinking about moving on from Derek Brown, mm-hmm. right? Agero Vero also has a multiple front defense. He's Mm -hmm. talked about how he can switch and be versatile. And I'm not going to lose a bad play or lose a really good player, in my opinion, and Derek Brown, because you have a defensive coordinator who might not be here after one season. If you want to move on from a first round pick that balled out this year and your defensive coordinator leaves for a head coaching job because he's got an odd man front, bad business, awful business. I think bought out is a little strong. Look at his PFF grade. I think it's a
0: little strong. Look at pro football focus. But all focus, I'm telling you boys. is, but no, but this still goes back to the argument of you saying that you don't have to pay linebackers. And, I'm you, seven, for- and you don't need them. You don't need good linebackers to have a great defense.
1: If you're Carolina and you want to invest in either Brian Burns, Derek Brown, or a Tremaine Edmonds or Levante David, I am going to choose to spend on the defensive line with Derek Brown, and I'm going to choose to spend on Brian Burns.
0: Walker, you can't show me a great defense that didn't have great linebackers. You, you can't pick one. I, I dare you for tomorrow to go find a great defense okay, that didn't deal. have great linebackers. That's, that's, that's fair. That's deal. Because we're right. up
1: against a break, yeah, and that's, yeah, for sure. that, that's deal. All right. Great debate. You can't move off Derek Brown, though? Like, I
0: can't. In a 34, I would. I Man, value linebackers uh, more than him in a 34. A, if a Vero leaves still, God. Okay, if a Vero leaves, but we're not talking about a Vero we just talking about as it is. If he comes in brings this 3-4, what would but I it's value? Multiple front.
1: If, it's multiple front. He can be versatile.
0: Okay, but he's known for his base defense being an you odd front. And you're going to move
1: off of a good first-round pick after that.
0: I would move on from a guy that I didn't Crazy. see much from the last four games. And also that, like I said, he had a good season tackles-wise, but not that dominant in the pass rush game. Oh, this is analysis Lineback- changing. No, up. because this it's li- no, because up. in a I'm saying in a 34.
1: I I, I hear what you're
0: saying. In, in a 34, talk- the linebackers are the kings of the defense. All right, those you, are the guys. You the, you the, go pay Shaq Thompson. The, the defensive lineman in a three-four are space eaters. All right. When we come back. Black History Sports Hero of the Day. <laughs> the transition. And we'll close this thing out. This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ.
2: Life is full of things to manage your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta, ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
0: Welcome back to the Wes and Walker Show. And this is your Black History Sports Hero of the Day. With baseball on the horizon. People are in spring training. I'm going to tell you today about Don... Newcomb, the first black Cy Young winner. After a, brief time, after a brief time with Newark in the Negro Leagues, he was signed by the Los Angeles Dodgers after a few seasons in their minor league season. Newcomb was called up for the 1949 season, making him the third black pitcher to be in the major league. And he came in balling. He won rookie of the year with a 17-8 record and went to the All-Star game. Newcomb was also an all-star in 1950 and 1951 with a 19 and 11 and 29 and nine season. But he had to go. Uncle Sam came calling. He was drafted to the military, went to Korea for two years, but it didn't stop him. He came back 1954. He was okay. Had to knock the rust off. But then he came back Hard body in 1955, 20-5 and five record, helped the Dodgers win the World Series in Brooklyn. The next year, 27-7, and seven, led the NL in wins and whip, and he won both the Cy Young and MVP, making him the first player to do that in the same season. season. The 1956 season was why he made it onto the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot for 15 seasons. He never had anything close to an all-star season again and he played until 1960, finishing up with stints in Cincinnati and Cleveland. He retired with a 149 and 90 all-time record. So salute to Don Newcomb, the first Black Cy Young Award winner winner.
1: All right, let's go to some of these text messages on the Garage Door Guru text line. Bagel Guy asking we need a Fiddy ruling who won the argument about linebackers. Well, Fiddy was a part of it. So if we go to Fiddy, then (laughs) Fiddy is going to go with Wes because Wes and Fiddy aligned. It did alter, though, to the point where me and Wes were on the same side when talking about Brian Burns because the argument continued during the break and then Fiddy was saying he didn't want to pay Brian Burns all that much money to make him a top five edge rusher and me and Wes were saying no he's going to get top five edge rusher money and so then i feel like me and Wes were able to be on agreement and then fitty was the one that was getting the business from both of us when you're getting teamed up on man like that's tough in the linebacker defensive end argument
2: yeah the thing about like brian like the contract burns is going to get is going to ruin the market for other guys because because he's going to get a contract he doesn't deserve that he hasn't warranted and it's just going to make it that much harder to pay parsons of dallas Bosa for the Niners, those type of dudes because their production warrants to be the top two pass rushers paid in the NFL. And
0: they're going to be paid as such. Both of those guys, Burns is not going to get more than those two will get.
2: I'm just saying that if if Carolina commits to Brian Burns to the level that you're saying they're going to commit to, mm-hmm. top three, top five pass rusher in the NFL, that'll be as equally bad a contract as well, when they overpaid Christian McCaffrey.
0: If I told you that, the Cowboys had a chance to get a guy that in four seasons, if I just gave you a blind item and said this guy was 24 years old, he's six 6'5", 240, 250 pounds, and that he has 38 sacks in four seasons and 43 tackles for loss. You'd sign up for that any day of the week. you say, how
1: much does he want? So That's
2: less than 10 sacks a year. That's not a difference maker at okay, the but position.
1: So what if he did have 10? Right. Like what? Because the thing is, I know sacks are what people pay attention to. And I understand not getting home is a big deal. But you're talking about Brian Burns being a a big time impact pass rusher for the Carolina Panthers. And if you let him go, especially considering you could have had two first round picks in a second from Mm -hmm. L.A. Plus, doesn't that showcase his value? I mean, if the Rams are willing to give that up. That I bet the Rams are willing right. to pay him a lot of money where another team out there would.
0: And then he talks about Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons had one more sack than Brian Burns had. He had four less tackles for loss, and he played one more game than Brian Burns did. So what do you have to say about that?
1: Yeah. You watched the, the tape, right? I mean, okay, right, one hundred percent. Right, right. No, right, Mike. Right. Mike is Mike is fantastic. Yeah, but I think great. by your argument, we're showcasing that Brian but Burns but Micah, is also Bar- very and good, and Micah Parsons yeah, also can... has some games he didn't show up.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Brian Burns is very good. Uh, Micah Parsons is elite. The, mm. There's a difference between good and you know what and elite. Maybe if I raise my hand while I talk, it'll make my point sound better.
1: Um, no, there's nothing that can help your point sound better. You sound awful every way that you speak. But when you're talking <laughs> about Brian Burns, he is absolutely going to be worth the top. Five edge rusher contract, but Mike is going to get more money. Wes was West was right, and what like, I'm
2: saying is those type of guys they screw up other teams because you got to you got to exceed what a guy who's well, being is
1: overpaid it. is getting paid. Well, I mean everybody, it, it doesn't matter whoever gets paid towards the top of the deal. Like it doesn't matter what player you're talking about; they're all going to move the needle up for all of these different positions.
0: Did you know Michael Parsons had nine games with zero sacks last year? Yeah, I know, but I also watched him still impact the game that? in
1: other areas.
2: Did you know that? I, I, Here's the problem. When Brian Burns isn't getting sacked. Wait, in his last three games, he only had half a sack. When Brian Burns is not sacking the quarterback, is he impacting the game the way Micah Parsons is? Okay. Uh, That answer is no.
1: Thank you. Nobody said anything.
2: That's why you he, he said, okay.
1: Um, by the way, you, you know get, in his last six
0: games he only had a sack and a half, right?
2: And I, I still watched him have a more impact of the game from a uh, totality okay. standpoint.
0: Well, I, I want a guy that's going to get more than a sack and a half in six games. I, love I mean, you, you, you were talking about Burns having 12 and a half and that only being less than a sack a game. But your boy had a sack and a half can, in
1: six games. Can we just acknowledge that? we had a diehard argument about linebackers. And what has happened is that I have managed to pin both of you against one another now by <laughs> creating a different argument about Brian Burns. And this is how you do it. This is why I didn't want any of the smoke. And I turned you against one another. <laughs> the friendship is having a huge divide. Oh, real here quickly. Goes. You, I'm just telling you, look, it looks awful. I hope you guys are able to mend fences. It looks real bad. I hope you guys will be okay. On the other side of this last thing you gave me a whole day to look up a defense that was good without great linebackers. Okay. I'll give you a whole segment. How about Philadelphia? Who made the Super Bowl this year? Second in yards per game. Can you name me their linebackers? I can't name me their linebackers, but
0: I know they have some uber-productive linebackers. I do know that much.
1: Are we counting Hasselbeck as a win. linebacker? Or, if so, or, if so, then we obviously are shifting the combo because Brian Burns is going to be a linebacker in that what, case.
2: That's what we do in radio, baby. We move the goalpost.
1: And I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But Brian Burns is that. But the the Philadelphia Eagles defense got a defensive coordinator a job because their edge rushers were amazing. Their pass rush was amazing, and they had awesome cornerbacks in Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Oh, Look, okay. I think big time linebackers are important. I really do. The thing about it is what I meant by the whole value thing is you can have good running backs that get drafted a little bit later on. You can save money on the free agent market. Okay, go ahead, because I'm going to light you up. So All right, go ahead. Out. Tell me about the Philly linebackers real quick before we move <laughs> on to Kyle. Yeah, uh, the
0: Philadelphia linebackers. T.J. Edwards had 159 tackles. Kyzer White had 110,
1: and Hassan Reddick had 49. Hassan Reddick With Redick 11
0: care. sacks, and T.J. Edwards had 10 sacks as well. That's a pretty stout linebacking core, if you ask me.
1: Okay, so if we're talking linebackers, you put Hassan in there. He's the same as Brian Burns. Come okay,
0: on. but you just you know dismissed. T.J. Edwards having 159 tackles and Karzit White having 110. Is T.J. Edwards not an edge rusher? No, Are I you? think he's a Mike, if I'm not mistaken.
1: All right. 159 look. tackles. That's Mike All right. Mike so after we get off, I'm going to light you up once I find out T.J.'s a Mike linebacker. I'm going to or well, I'm gonna find out he's an right, edge rusher. I'm going to light Mike you up, back. too. All right. It's Kyle Bailey, Smoke Ludwig, coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC.